episode of Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by SGPN Fantasy. Dominate your draft with the free SGPN Draft Kit. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash draft kit. And the free roll football contest is back and better than ever. There's $5,000 up for grabs in our NFL contest and $1,500 in our brand new college football contest. Sign up is exclusively in our Discord. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. I'm doing great. I'm finally we're uh, we're having this having this off the ground here a little bit, a L- little bit late here as uh, September starts and we're getting into the fantasy baseball playoffs. But you know what? Better late than never. Better just get started when we can and get into things. Exactly. I mean, it's never really too late to talk about baseball, especially with playoffs heating up and fantasy playoffs right around the corner. So a lot of good baseball being played lately. Yeah, I mean this this is the time when baseball starts heating up in fantasy baseball playoffs. I mean it's it's every week is determining your season and every every game, every day, every at bat is just so much more crucial now. Exactly. In my main money league, I am it literally comes down to this week. I am down by I think I think I'm down by ten points. Uh and I got until Sunday to make it up and it's kind of a winner makes the playoffs, loser is out until next year and I don't really want to be the loser. <laughs> So you, you you do a points league for your for your main one? Yeah, points league for my main one. Uh, but I have one. I kind of got one team in every league type. At least I play on ESPN, so I do the roto categories mm-hmm. and points. But points is the main. That's my main money one. Yeah, I I feel like that's the main one that people do on ESPN. I, I'm 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 just a classic Yahoo guy. I've been on Yahoo for way too long at this point, and just it's the classic either five to five by five head to head or we usually expand it i think we have it expanded to uh seven by seven with uh ops and case per nine quality start stuff like that so yeah i mean it's it, there's a bunch of different kind of categories out there we were talking before the show that you're espn i'm yahoo so we can kind of cross-reference things we can talk about different strategies for different um styles of leagues and it's going to be a lot to get into here it's going to be a lot of fun i agree so uh I mean, how long have you been playing fantasy baseball for? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm 30 years old now, so I've been playing fantasy baseball for most of my life. Uh, I remember first starting like middle to late elementary school, like 2002, 2003, 2004, right in there when the Phillies were starting to get good since the bank park was just being built. And uh, I was starting <laughs> fantasy baseball there. So it was some of my early memories. And I, I came right out of the gate. I, I won the championship in, in my, my first few years, and it was just – it hasn't been all downhill from there. It's been more of a rocky road, but it was a great start in fantasy for me back in the mid-2000s. It's always so much easier to keep playing, too, when you get off to such a strong start like that. You can just win the league right out the gate, and then you're like, okay, well, this is just something that I do now. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like fantasy baseball gets overlooked because, like, oh, there's so many games. It's it's so long. There's so much to keep track of. But that's 
that's what I like about fantasy baseball. You, you, you know what? You might miss a day here or there. You might have a starting pitcher on your bench, or you might have a guy that could have been played with a hit a home run on your bench. That that's always frustrating. But like most days, I'm in there. I'm at least setting my lineup a few days in advance, so I have all the active guys in there. And that's really where fantasy baseball is won and lost. I think. I think the draft. And then just after that is making sure you pick up and drop the players and, and just stay active. Yeah, like that's what a lot of my friends say. They're not big fantasy baseball players just because of kind of how long this season is. But my whole thing is once you get into the swing of it, it really only takes five minutes to wake up in the morning and make sure that you're not even five minutes, one mm. minute. Just <laughs> wake up, make sure all your all your probable probables are in your starting lineup. Make sure you don't got to deal with any injuries and then. Go on about your day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And Yahoo now has like a start active player button and it does that for the whole week. So it starts if, if the starting pitcher is prob- probable to start, they start them. Sometimes they'll put a, a closer on the bench if, if they're not playing and keep them there. So that's you got to check that out. But I mean, one one click of a button sets your lineup for most of the week. And yeah, you, you take a minute. You just grab your phone out when you're in, in the bathroom and you're just waiting for the elevator, waiting for whatever and try and just pull out your phone, just check it. And then, then you're good to go. Just, just stay active. I think that that's the one key thing to fantasy baseball. That's awesome. Do you just, do you just do it one time and then it sets your lineup for the whole week or is it used to do it every day? Just log in and click the, click the start active player button. Um, it, you click start active player and then you can choose either today only or for the rest of the week. So I, I usually do rest of the week, but then I, I go through and manually make sure all my best players are in and uh, all the closers are in and all the pitchers are, are act in their active spots. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's been something I, I noticed. I think I'm not sure if it's new this year or new last year, but that's been something that's helpful, helpful probably more for some of the less active managers, but also for myself. Yeah, I could see that's definitely something that I could see getting more people involved, but for stat junkies like me, I love getting in every day and checking. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got to pick this guy up and put him in my lineup and I got to start this guy and sit whoever because this person's batting 400 against righties and this person has a less ideal matchup. I love digging as deep as I possibly can into the stats and analytics and all that good stuff. Yeah. All right. Blake, I feel, I feel like we kind of buried the lead here. Can you, you, you explain what this is? First episode here, what we're doing, <laughs> who we are, like what, what the goal of this is here. What are people listening to? This is the Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This is something I have been trying to get going for a little while, and here we are, and words cannot explain how happy I am that this is happening right now. Uh, it's something we're going to do. Uh, we're shooting for twice a week. Mm-hmm. We're going to go over all kinds of stuff from, I mean, I'm a big sabermetrics guy, so barrel rate and average exit velocity and uh who has ideal matchups and who to pick up and who to drop and who you should start. We're going to cover everything just because I mean, two guys just love to talk about baseball and are deep, <laughs> deep into fantasy baseball. And we got a platform to talk about it on. Yeah. And, and hype yourself up to you, you. You're the baseball editor here at sports gambling podcast. <laughs> you, you, you're a I co-host am, of am. the Zed podcast as well. I think you've written for some other outlets too. So, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean you got, you've got plenty of experience. I've been doing the the Zed pod Zed Run podcasting. Check that out. That's on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network as well. Uh, I've been doing that for about two months now. Uh, I, I've got like ten years or so writing experience. Uh, before this, I wrote for places like Rotoballer, and I had my own website, DualThreatSports.com, where I 
kind of was afforded some opportunities to cover teams like the Tacoma Rainiers. Uh, dabbled in a little hockey. I know that's your one of your mm-hmm. areas of expertise. I covered the Kraken a little bit out here. Got to do some cool stuff, meet some players, do some cool interviews, things of that nature. Writing and talking about sports is just my favorite thing. Yeah, it's so, and I know it, you've got some accolades over there as well. Oh, well, well yeah, but I, I'm going to say, it's like, it just comes naturally to you. Just like sitting down, talking baseball, talking sports. It's just it's just what you enjoy doing. Absolutely. This is what I do all day. Uh, even I talk my girls, my girlfriend's ear off nonstop <laughs> about all kinds of random sports things that I know she probably doesn't care about. But I love her because she pretends she does. So it, <laughs> I talk about it nonstop. Yeah. And I'll have an actual, I got a podcast that I can actually do that on and let everybody else hear all the random encyclopedia baseball facts that I have that come up in my head. Yeah, it's going to be great. Great to hear all that. And yeah, you mentioned it. I am uh, hockey is my expertise. You may recognize me from the Hockey Gambling Podcast. I've also written here for a few years now, writing NHL stuff, some baseball stuff, some fantasy stuff. Been kind of a little bit all over the place in the sports content blogging world for about five or five to seven years now. And you know, finally settling in here, and I'm excited to have this fantasy baseball podcast as a platform because you know baseball was, baseball and hockey were always kind of competing for me. Hockey up through the lockout year there in 2004, 2005, kind of coincided very well with the Phillies' new stadium and the Phillies getting good again. So like the mid 2000s, <laughs> from 05 to to, I graduated high school in 2010. Like even throughout that, it was just peak Phillies time, peak time to be a Phillies fan. It was great. I, I, I lived and died by died by the Phillies every day. It, it was great. And I, I'm excited to kind of get back into that baseball space where I can I can share some of my some, some of my uh, fandom, maybe not as much into, into the barrel rate and exit velocity as you are. I, I do recognize them as great stats. I just don't dig in as much. But yeah, I feel like this is going to be going to be a great thing where we have a, a, a good mix here between your stats and your uh, encyclopedia knowledge there of baseball and all adding some touch as well man that was a heyday of phillies baseball back then brian howard chase utley cole hamels that was shane victorino jimmy, jimmy rollins oh great that was a, Lidge, those are some damn good teams yeah it, w- it was a shame we, we only got one world series but i mean at least at least we got one out of it because there were, there were some teams like you look back at that rangers team that that had that loss to the cardinals and the loss the year before i think they they were a great team that they should have won and, and the tigers had a few i mean their pitching staff was made up of Cy young winners so they should have won too so i I'm, I'm happy we got one world series and i'm ho- I'm, ha- I'm hoping we can get back into the playoffs this year but you know that they could fill it up here in the September. <laughs> Man, me too. I'm. I live out in Washington in the Seattle area, so uh, it's starting to get to the point where I forgot what playoff baseball even feels like. It's been what like 22 years now, or 21 years. Mm-hmm. I think this is the year that we break that. I don't want to jinx it, so I'm knocking on wood while I say that. But the Mariners are such an exciting team to watch this year, and it it's better baseball than I ever expected expected to see out of the Mariners. I covered them like crazy before the season, uh, kind of going over some breakout players and things to watch. I was really big on Julio Rodriguez. Uh, I think one of my articles, I had him predicted it, uh, 35 home runs and 25 RBIs. I think he falls a little short of that. I was doing a little stat diving earlier, and I kind of, if he if he stays on the pace that he's been on since May 1st, he will hit he'll end up with a 30-30 season. 
which for a rookie is ridiculous. And for Julio Rodriguez, it's unheard of because he was supposed to be the prospect that he was good. He could hit, but he played okay defense. He didn't have the speed, all those sorts of things. And then he comes in in spring training and just absolutely lights it up. And then turns out he's fast as hell. (laughs) <laughs> which caught me off guard. And the center field play has been incredible too, especially for somebody he taught himself in the off season, how to play center field. He was a corner outfielder before that. And then he kind of just decided on his own to teach himself center field and then text Jerry DePoto and tell him I'm ready to play center field. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's crazy. Good for him right now. He has what? 22 homers, 23 stolen bases through uh, Thursday. So yeah, I mean, he's, if he gets to 30, 30, that's going to be great. His OPS is over 800. He's, he's, how old is he? He's, he's pretty young. Right? Uh, 21. He's only 21. So yeah, I mean, he's going to yeah. be another one of those guys to, to watch out for coming up with, with not quite, maybe not quite Soto level, but th- th- those like that generation there. That echelon kind of, mm-hmm. they're the young guys that are just kind of clearly way better than everybody else. Yeah. Those two, Vladdy, uh, can we still put, Tatis in that category after um, the, the steroids thing. Uh, I I guess he. I mean, as far as 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 playing is concerned, we, we can. But like, yeah, he's you have to put him there. Acuna, Vlad. I feel like some, there's some other guys we're, we're forgetting. There's some other guys that are coming up now. We'll talk about later if these September call-ups are, are worth adding for this season, or if they're just worth stashing if you're in a keeper, or, or what their ceiling is going to be. But yeah, Julio Rodriguez came out of nowhere. Uh, that home run derby performance was just absolutely incredible. I had a bet on him to hit the most home runs in the first round. So that hit for me. Uh, I was very happy about that. But uh, I'm just looking here at the Mariners baseball reference page. And, like, their lineup isn't that great. Like, Suarez has has hit some home runs. Rodriguez is obviously great, I, I guess. But then scroll down to their pitching. It's Ray, Gilbert, Gonzalez, Flex, and Kirby. All of ERAs under four. The bullpen main guys, all of your race under three. So that that's, and that's what wins in the playoffs too. I'm not sure who they're going to possibly play. It looks like most likely Tampa Bay, but you never know what happens. I, I'm personally hoping the uh, Orioles get into the playoffs. I, was, I visited Camden Yards quite a bit uh, as a child, as a kid. So they're always one of my, one of my backup teams there in the AL. Yeah. I really hope the the Orioles make it too, because if we, if we end the season with the Orioles and the Mariners both making the playoffs, that's just good for baseball. It, yeah, and and as a hockey fan, I, I would just love to see Toronto choke it away. Hopefully, Talon <laughs> this. He, he's definitely not. He doesn't care about baseball, but I'll let him know. I give <laughs> I give it to him enough on the Hockey Gambling Podcast. <laughs> you got to give it to him every chance you can get. And all right, so let's see. What was? Uh, how many leagues did you play in this year? All right, so this year I am in four leagues. There are two two leagues that I'm in on a yearly basis that have that have been been running for like 15 years now. I think they started in 2004, 2005. With wow. it was me, my brother, my dad, and like a bunch of his like work friends or like stuff from his bowling league. Like there's a good yeah. core, like eight to ten group of us that have all like been together, and we've had some guys come and go. I've had one of my friends from college is is back in there now after he was in during college, and then there was a year where he wasn't active, so we kicked him out. Then he wanted to be <laughs> back in, so I got him back in. But yeah, that, that that's a twelve team league. That that that's my my biggest league, I guess. And then the core eight group of us were in we're in a keeper league. Um, that's an eight eight team league with with ex- kind of expanded rosters a little bit to to balance things out. I'm on the cusp of the playoffs there in my big league. I'm in second place. 
And then in the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network League, I'm on the cusp of the playoffs. I'm in sixth place, but I'm up 8-1 right now as as it stands. So hopefully that's going to be uh, getting into the playoffs. And then I have Who a Who are you beating right now? I'm beating Fighting Shibes. Ooh. And then um, I have a fourth league with some with some guys from one of my old jobs. So I, I got four. I have two that I really pay attention to. And then the SGPN is like almost on that tier. But, you know, I, I can just make the playoffs and coast from there. Yeah, that's the league I'm hoping to. I'm hoping to sneak my way into next year. Yep. Or use but, my, my baseball editor seniority to muscle my yeah. way in. I feel like you have no problem with that. <laughs> There's bound to be somebody that doesn't want to play. Yeah. Oh, I'm, let's see, I'm in four leagues. Uh, my rotisserie league, I mean, I might as well start with the bad. My rotisserie league wasn't, I did not do good uh, okay. with that team. So I try to not talk about it, but it, <laughs> it happens every year. There's always bound to be that one that you just kind of miss all over the place. Yeah. Uh, but my categories league, I'm doing very, very well. I started off kind of slow, and currently, as it sits, I'm 103 and 81, and I'm winning nine to one this week. And nice. some kind of, I think I'm gonna get the one seed for the playoffs in that one. And my points league, I guess I'm down by 10. Everybody's kind of jumbled up for the record, but I have the most points scored, which is the first tiebreaker for us. And so, if I just win this. I'm guaranteed at least a playoff spot. I don't know where it's gonna where it's gonna put me at, but I just need to make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, got You got to get in. You got to get in to win. Agreed. You can't win money if you don't make the playoffs, unless you're making little side bets. But I don't think many people are making little side bets on fantasy baseball. You never know that there's some true DJs out there. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> uh, so let's get into some uh, playoff strategies now that. Playoffs are right around the corner. I know some people are really trying to figure out, do you keep streaming pitchers? Do you, I guess that's a good way to start. Do you, if you're the the type that likes to stream pitchers throughout the year, are you keeping up that trend going into the playoffs or are you trying to lock down some, some very good, good enough pitchers to, to be worthy of a roster spot in the playoffs? Yeah, that's a good place to start there. I think throughout the season, you get a feel of like where that line is of pitchers in your league that you can keep and pitchers that you can stream. I think it really comes down to what what your league is. If it's just five five by five and you're streaming mostly for wins and strikeouts, maybe, you know, you don't do it as much. You look at your opponent, see what they have. But in my league, we have quality starts added. So I'm going to be streaming unless... If I stream somebody and has a great start and he has a good matchup the next time out, I'll keep him. But usually I, I have one streaming spot in my lineup. And then I think also for playoff strategies, you have to look at the the, the opponent you're playing. Because during the regular season, you have your whole league you have to worry about. But in the playoffs, there's only four or six teams that are making it. And you're only really focused on advancing that week. So you look at your opponent, you try to look at their strengths and weaknesses, and you try to kind of balance that with what you can do with your moves for the week. If you have a maximum amount of moves you can make, you try to value them more and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think streaming pitchers doesn't change too much in the playoffs, but it's just more based off your opponent. I'm not sure not sure what you think about that. Uh, I agree as well. In my points league, I kind of I stream two spots throughout the year. Uh, we don't have a quality start 
there's I mean do you guys have like a cap on innings or starts per week? We do. We have a cap on starts and it's 12 so it makes streaming a bit tough. So my streaming t- it tends to be a little different. Uh I have one streaming spot that I keep for somebody that's going to be a two starter for the week and mm-hmm. I try and kind of pick the I actually use uh Matt Valdez, one of our baseball writers, shameless plug. Uh he does a uh pitching streamers article every week uh, and since i'm the editor i gotta edit it so i go in and i read it and i always check who he's got up monday and tuesday and i kind of go based off of that and that's one of my streaming options for the week just so i can try and maximize the two starts and then the other one i just use for whoever i, I think throughout the week has the kind of the best matchup to at least get some points because for a while there i was I'd stream that second spot with just the one start and just be like, oh, it's a, I'd go base more off name. Yeah. And I'd get killed on some of those starts, which is not what you want to happen. It makes it hard to win. And speaking of win, uh, you thinking of joining win bet? Now's the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. If you're betting baseball, you have to check out win bet. Their reduced juice in baseball games makes them the best place to bet MLB. Plus, the Wembeck Casino is always open 24 hours a day. You can get a $100 deposit bonus up to $1,000. Uh, Wynn also just released their first quarterback with five touchdowns prop bet, which that could be a pretty good, one, pretty good one to try and hammer down. I know Jameis last year, first game out of the gate, five touchdowns. So yeah. keep an eye on him again this year. Uh, there's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so you know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. After subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Yeah, and we also have the MLB Gambling Podcast on this network, of course. And if you're gambling, you want to compare the odds no matter what you're doing. So you, you want to check out Odds Trader. Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all the major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes, promotions from sports books to get the best deal. You always want to get the best deal out there on odds, whatever you're doing. And the app provides player stats, key game stats, injury reports, and projected weather so bettors can make the best, most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker for you so bettors can keep records of all your games and betting activity. So if this sounds great for you, it can help you out with handicapping, play-by-play updates, live scores and bet tracking, player stats, key game stats, weather, and a bet tracker. Just go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. And we also have the free roll football contest. College football contest, up to $1,500 is up for grabs currently. And there's also an NFL NFL contest. $5,000 $5,000 and a two-night stay at the Win Las Vegas is up for grabs. Sign up exclusively in our Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord, and you can find it in the contest section. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Discord is really where it's at. We, we should have promoted it at the top of the show, but if, if you – the Discord, you can just go to sg.pn slash Discord. In there, there's a bunch of different channels, every sport, any, anything you can think of. There's always someone in there talking about something. There's a DGENs-only chat if you want to have a, a late night or early morning bet if you want to throw out there. So yeah, check out the Discord, <laughs> and there's always, always a lot of fun discussion going on in there. 
Yeah, we got a lot of people in there too. So there's there's always somebody to talk to or something to talk about. We got everything: baseball, fantasy baseball, football, F1, golf, college sports. We get anything you could ever think of for betting wise. Yeah. We have it in there. St- and stuff you can't think of is in there too. <laughs> yeah, I didn't ever expect there to be like a an F1 F1 section in there, which is more active than the baseball one sometimes, which is crazy. Yeah. All right. Getting back to these playoff strategies. I, I want to know what you think about, you know, you're in the playoffs, your opponent has three or four solid closers and you have maybe, maybe two or three, maybe two, two good guys. And like a third, like fringe guy. Do you consider punting saves and dropping one of your like top closers? Like would you drop, say you had like Edwin Diaz, a middle tier guy and a low tier guy. That's just, would you drop the low tier guy and stream for that and then like drop Edwin Diaz and just punt saves? Cause like you have to win every week that that's your life on the line, but you also have to worry about, you know, who might pick them up, what the waiver priority is. But I think, think this is in, in redraft leagues. This is where it gets to be like, okay, can I drop this, this player that I would never think about dropping before? Yeah. This is when you kind of got to think about, it's a it's a game by game basis at that point. So honestly, if it's me, I think I would. I I would drop all of them and just completely punt saves and just try to capitalize on capitalize on the wins and the innings and the Ks and just hope that I can. Because I mean, guys like Edwin Diaz is still he'll still get you a good amount of Ks and that sort of thing. But in a matchup like that, he's it's one of those things where you got to look past the name and understand how your current matchup is playing out and it's probably best to to drop them yeah i mean i, I agree if if you're in a close matchup and and you know you're not going to win that saves category then that that closer is no value to you for that week maybe it's value to you the next week but you're not guaranteed to get there and if that's one category if it's five five, five by five it, it's tougher but if it's six by six seven by seven it's kind of easier to swallow so uh, yeah I, i'm i'm right there with you i think it depends on that and also another thing i want to touch on is you know the regular season is long and if your uh league has buys and if you're lucky enough and good enough to earn one of those buys make sure you're, you're using that buy week for productive ads and waiver wire at wire action like look ahead to okay this pitcher starting on wednesday he's going to start two two times next week and look for those guys to pick up beforehand so you avoid the rush of everyone the following week once they determine who's winning their matchups you know you have yeah, that's that, a yeah you have that bye week to kind of just cruise by and not maybe get 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 locked out of the playoffs but you also have that week to strategize and i don't know if everyone does that i don't think they do that's a that's a big issue I've seen over the years where the people that do get those first round buys just kind of get complacent and just mm-hmm. think my team's good enough. I got the first round buy. I'm just going to hang out and I'm going to take the week off from, or I guess two weeks, if you have two week matchups in the playoffs and they kind of just hang out and don't do anything when they could be getting that September call up for that elite uh, prospect. That's going to get a meaningful mm-hmm. innings in their, their playoff run. They could be getting i mean you could capitalize on a lot of september call-ups and younger guys that are going to get a shot this late in the season but if you just sit there and don't do anything sometimes more often than not it ends up being more harmful than good actually 
Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned it right off the top. Activity is one of the most important things you can have. You just have to be active in fantasy baseball. You have to be looking at that. And, yeah, you, you said it. They, they're going to get complacent. They're going to be like, okay, this is my one week. I don't have to check my team every day. I don't check my team at all. But no, check your team once or twice that week. Look at who you might be playing the next week and see how you match up. And, like, go for what you have to go for. Like, a few – sometimes if I have moves left for the week going into Sunday or if it's – for example, this week, there weren't a lot of games on Thursday, but I had players that I was willing to drop. So I picked up players that were playing on Thursday just to get those at-bats. And then I am I might keep them for the weekend. I may not. But every at-bat you can get is just another chance to get a run, to get a home run, to, to get a hit, to raise that average. So also look at that. Look at if, you're, if your players are only playing five or six games that week and they're against tougher teams, look for a player who's playing every day of the week and has two easy matchups, especially if one of those matchups is in somewhere like Coors Field or, or a, a hitter's park like that. Coors Field is an excellent place to try and play <laughs> the matchups to your advantage. And I think this first week of the playoffs, I think the Rockies are on the road for almost the whole first matchup. Ooh. So that makes I mean, that makes playing Rockies players tough in this first week. But if I remember correctly, the second matchup should line up. I think they've got at least a four-game series at home. Like, the, yeah, the Rockies it, can be I, in, an advantageous one to play. Yeah, it, dep- it depends on your playoff start here. This coming week, uh, the 5th to the 11th, they're home against the Brewers for three and then D-backs for three, and they're off Thursday. Uh, the following week, the 12th to the 18th, which is definitely the playoffs for Every league, I would say, they're on the road yeah. and they only play five games. They have off on Monday, off on Thursday, so that's a week you're going to want to not have them. But then the following week, the 19th to the 25th, they play every day at home against the Giants and the Padres. So it's not easy matchups, but at Coors Field, you, you want every hitter you can you can have there. Oh yeah, it, it the Coors advantage is incredible. Uh, one of my actual Speaking of playoff matchups, uh, one of my favorite guys that everybody needs to keep an eye on moving forward, uh, especially this coming week, is Lars Newtbar, the coolest name in all of baseball. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he's on a lot of people's radars already, but I know like uh, in the ESPN leagues, he's only owned in, I think, 42% of leagues. Ooh. So a considerable, considerable amount under half. And in this coming week, they play the Nationals and the Pirates, and he has been absolutely killing these guys. Uh, the Nationals, he's three for ten with a home run and a 600 slugging percentage, which is it's a small sample size, but it's an effectively small sample size. <laughs> yeah. And then the Pirates, he's eight for sixteen with a triple, two home runs, and he's only striking out 5.6 percent of the time. So in those points leagues where you get dinged for K's. Not only is he racking up the points with the extra base hits, but he's just not striking out. Yeah, Newpar is a guy that I identified a few weeks ago. I picked him up, I think, because he was having a hot streak. And you know what? He hasn't really cooled off that much. Um, in four of my leagues, he's only available in one of them, and that's because the other three leagues I have him. So <laughs> he, he's rostered a bit more on Yahoo, 56%. Looking at his... He really started picking it up in... Um, on August 18th. Since then, he is um, 16 for 53. 
That's a, with five home runs, 11 RBIs, the 302 average, 1.119 OPS. Like he's, I think he leads off for the Cardinals too, right? Or he bats towards the top of the order. So he'll, yeah, he's leading off tonight. He's been leading off. So he's going to get plenty of a bats, plenty of opportunities to score the runs with Goldschmidt and Arenado just having incredible seasons behind him. And yeah, those those two teams, even without knowing how he did against them, going against the Nationals and Pirates, they have no good pitchers. So anyone anyone in the Cardinals besides Newt Bar would, would be great to add as well. I agree. And in uh, like the ESPN standard points leagues, he's above two points per game for the entire year, which is massive. That's I shouldn't say massive. It's not massive. It's 2.0 is kind of the, the points level that you want to shoot for. Like that's a starter worthy player. And so for him to be available in so many leagues with that above two points per game in a points league, it's he should have already been added a long time ago just yep. based off of his name alone. But now what's, that the production is there too. Yeah. What's his uh points per game over the past like five, two weeks? I'm not sure how ESPN does it. Does it do 15 days, I think? Uh, yeah, I could check seven. I could check 15. Let's see. Dude, he's been hot. Where are you at? He's been very hot. Oh, new bar, new bar, new bar, new bar, new bar. Yeah, and the Cardinals have had a few other guys, I think, that have kind of flew under the radar. I think Brendan Donovan's on, like, or he was or he might still be on, like, a big hit streak. He's not rostered in many leagues. He is, okay, he, he cooled off a little bit. He went over four, but he had a long hit streak before that, and he he's rostered in only 33% of, of Yahoo leagues. He's eligible at every position except catcher in Yahoo. So he's a guy that maybe, you know, pick up for your bench, put him in util, especially against these uh, easier teams like the Cubs and Nas- Nationals. Yeah, and Newbar over the last 15 days is at 4.6 points per Ooh, game, which is that's massive. 36 total bases, 11 ribbies, 13 walks to only 8 Ks. He's just – he needs to be on your team. If you're listening to this and you don't have Lars Newbar and he is available on the waivers – you need to be a large new bar owner that he shouldn't last beyond the listening of this podcast, because this is the type of player that will not only get you to the playoffs this late in the season, if it's a close matchup, but in the playoffs as well. He He's a, he set it and forget level of player at this point. Yeah. Put him in your outfield spot and looking ahead at St. Louis's schedule after, after the, the Cubs and Nats, they go to Pittsburgh for the weekend. I'm sure he's fine against those pitchers because they have none. And then the following oh, yeah. week, they're off Monday, but they played two against Milwaukee, five against Cincinnati, including a doubleheader on Saturday. That That's something else you have to look for. If there's doubleheaders scheduled, it's a player that probably won't get you know, one of those games off. Look for those guys to stream for whatever day they're playing or possibly for the whole weekend. Especially when they play Cincinnati. <laughs> For that many games with the doubleheader, yeah. they don't have anybody at this point. It, especially, I mean, they, thank you, Cincinnati, for giving my Mariners Luis Castillo and Eugenio Suarez and Jesse Winker. I mean, you could take Winker back if you wanted him because he's been <laughs> kind of not very good this year. But it, yeah, they traded so many people away that that's just even without knowing this his stats against Cincinnati off the top of my head that a five game series against them in the playoffs he needs to be owned yeah one that doesn't need to be owned uh when i was doing my little research uh jake mccarthy he he had a good month he led the league in steals he had eight steals for the month 
and he's been doing fairly well recently. Uh, I think the last 15 days he got three home runs and 11 RBIs, which is pretty solid. But his next couple matchups, he's got the Padres, which their pitching staff is excellent, and he's only two for 10 with a double against them. Uh, he's not striking out a whole lot, only 8.7%, which is actually pretty good to look for is in a points league at least. But his average exit velo is only 73 miles per hour, which is way below league average, and that's like ground ball to the second baseman level average exit velo. And then they play the Rockies. He's only batting 154 against the Rockies in 13 at-bats. He just He's one of those people that the stats look nice when you're scrolling through the the waiver page, but just you're not going to get the production if you pick him up. He's going to – that's the kind of player that could really hinder your team going into the playoffs. Yeah, I think he's a guy that you try to pick up when he's at the beginning of his hot streak and then kind of go off of him when he's when he's towards the end of it. But yeah, even – I feel like the D-backs besides – even like even like Marte, he's not a, a must start at this point. He, he was a he has a good he was a high draft pick for most people, but he's not doing too great. I think Christian Walker has been like available and then like not available and like owned in my league. But okay, Christian Walker has been been doing better. He's up to 31 home runs. You can't you can't hate that if you have him. But yeah, th- those matchups yeah. might be tough if he's going against teams that you know are are pushing for the playoffs like the Padres and the Brewers. Yeah, Christian Walker is one of the people I've. I read a monthly uh, article called Death by Babbitt, and I kind of go over the most unlucky hitters throughout the year. He's somebody that could have been on every single one of my articles that I've written this year, just because I know there's more that goes into Babbitt than just like, oh, dang, he was unlucky. But he's changed. He's tweaked his swing a little bit, so it's very home run oriented. He doesn't have a super high K rate. He hits dingers, but he has a uh, – last I checked, he had a BABIP right around 200, maybe a little below 200 for the entire season, which for a whole season, that's – That's low. Chris that low. Davis level. Chris Orioles Davis. legend Chris Davis. I wasn't sure which, I wasn't sure which Chris Davis you were talking about. I, <laughs> Actually, I, assume, I, mean, technically, I, assume, I think it could be both Chris probably, Davises. Probably both, yeah. <laughs> Let me check what his BABIP is. His BABIP is uh, 231. His career BABIP is 285. So, like, last year was 307. He's just getting really, really un- unlucky. I was trying to look up his contract to see if he's, like, like a, okay, he's arbitration eligible. I guess he's he's 31. How's he arbitration eligible? I guess he didn't make the majors until, that, until late in his career. He hmm. might have been a later... He a was with. Start oh, guy. speaking of Chris Davis, he was with the O's in 2014 and 15, and then he made the majors with the D-backs in 2017. There you go. Ooh, that's only, why. Then he only played. He his first real season was 2019. He had 29 homers in 152 games, and then you know the, the shortened season because of COVID, and then since then his average has gone down with his bat going down. But he's he's hitting for power. He really is hitting for power. Which is nice to see out there in that really dry, dry air out there in Arizona. It's kind of disappointing seeing Cattell struggle out there. I really yeah. wanted to see a big season from him, but yeah, that 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 Diamondbacks lineup is built for or for him, Christian Walker to just hit dingers. 
Yeah. All right. Let me go through some of these uh, top transaction trend players on Yahoo. I'm going to just go to batters because if you go through everybody, it's just everybody's streaming pitchers. So the top batter added, I think it's in the past 24 hours, is Baltimore Orioles shortstop Gunnar Henderson. He had a, his first hit was a home run the other night. He was one for four on Thursday. He's one for one with an RBI double so far on Friday night. I picked him up in my keeper league where we can keep free agents at round 20. So I'm probably going to keep him. But what, what do you think about him for the uh, the stretch run here? Uh, I think he's a must. He's a must add. Uh, that home run that he hit, he swung so damn hard his helmet flew off his head. <laughs> yeah. And he's got an incredible head of hair just flowing in the wind as that ball flies over center field. It was short sauce with power. They, they're they more prevalent nowadays, but he has the kind of power that all shortstops wish they had. Uh, O'Neill Cruz has some power at the shortstop position. Obviously, he hit that ball like 120, 123 miles an hour off the wall. Yeah. Uh, but Henderson has actual – he's got home run ability. He can hit it to the gas. He's got enough speed to turn singles into doubles. And he's going to play every day for Baltimore going forward. He's not hes not going to be a platoon. He's not going to be any of that. They brought him up to play. And players of that level, they're worth a roster spot. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. He's batting, I think, that uh, he's hes at fifth and sixth in the order. I mean, the Orioles, the Orioles are going to be fun in the next few years. But with Rutschman, with him, with all these guys coming up, they have uh, Grayson Rodriguez. Is he, He's not up yet, is he? No, I I think he got hurt. I think he did. No, was he up and then he got hurt? I think, I think that's that what happened. The case. Yeah, he was he's hurt. a big time name too. Yeah, uh, Grayson Rodriguez upbeat about his first game action in three months. So maybe he'll be back before the end of the year. I don't think he'll be back at the big league level. But yeah, the Orioles are going to be fun. And then you were speaking of a powerful power hitting shortstops here. And I just wanted to run through the shortstops that I have in my keeper league. Uh, I have Bo Bichette. I have Bo Bichette kept in the 18th round. Uh, Marcus Semyon. Marcus Semyon from the 19th round. Ooh. Tim Anderson from the first round. I'm not going to keep him, but you know, he was a, he was a good soldier while he was here. Yeah. Uh, Glaber Torres, who I just got a, kind of as like a throw in in a trade 23rd round, probably won't keep him. But I have O'Neill Cruz in the 30th round. I traded for him. And then Gunnar Henderson I picked up as a free agent. So I'll be keeping him in the 20th round. Like, So I have Bichette, Cruz, Henderson. I also, I'm on the fringe of the playoffs. I usually try to go all in in my keeper league. But this year, there have just been so many good young players I picked up. I have Riley Green. I had Michael Harris. I traded him for uh, Logan Gilbert just for the last name. I <laughs> uh, picked, up, picked up Nick Prado. I don't think I'll be keeping him, but he's been good. Nathaniel Lowe has been incredible for, for Texas, just hitting hitting bombs. Led so, yeah. majors in uh, average last month, actually. Yeah, he, I mean, he's been great. And another young guy that I think I picked up in the Cape League, yeah, is, and he's he's second right behind Gunner on the list, is Joey, Joey Manessis. I'm not sure if that's the right pronunciation. It's probably not. But he's been incredible. He was four for six, three for five, had a good hit streak going there. What do you think about him? Let me pull him up here real quick. Yeah. I want to make yeah. sure I get his stats correct. First base outfielder here, at least on Yahoo, about a 354. Pretty good. Yeah, especially with the, did you say third base and outfield? First base and outfield. So n- n- not, n- not too great. But he was no, one sorry. of the guys. I, 
Yeah. That I picked up for the Thursday stream that I was talking about. And on Thursday, he went four for six with the home run, four RBIs, seven total bases. So I was like, okay, let's ride him into the weekend. Unfortunately, it's against the Mets and then St. Louis. So may not do too well, but so far he's having a great start to his career. Uh, I like Manessis a lot. His uh, barrel rate is 11.1%, which is, I mean, it's almost double the league average and same exit velocity. I'm a big baseball savant guy. I know some people hate it. Some people love it. it I'm addicted to it. Uh, his average exit velocity is 91.4 miles per hour. And I think he hasn't played enough games yet to really register on the percentile rankings yet, but 91.4, that's, that I think that's probably 80th percentile. Yeah, that's pretty good. So he, he's really getting the bat on the ball. 46.9% hard hit rate. And he's only striking out 17% of the time, too, which is excellent, especially for a young guy. Yeah, I mean, he's he's hitting second in the Nationals order. They don't have really many guys left. I guess it's mostly him and uh, Luke Voigt. I think they have some other guys just in there just kind of playing around. But, yeah, he's so far 25 games, OPS over one through 99 at-bats. It's, it's a good start for him. It's a very good. And he, do you say you have him on your roster? I picked him up in my keeper league to uh, stream for Thursday, and I still have him. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how he does. I'm on the cusp of the playoffs. I'm probably not making it, so I'll probably just load up <laughs> on young guys and see who I can keep for next year. I mean, for what it's worth, his uh, baseball savant shows kind of the similar batters at, to their player based off of the batted ball profile. His mm-hmm. Joy Manessis' similar batters are 2022 Vlad Guerrero, 2022 Tommy Edmond, 2022 Rafael Devers, 2022 Emmanuel Rivera, big name, and 2022 AJ Pollock, which I know everybody gets excited about. But I mean, the top half of that list is pretty good, and he's hitting 414 off of fastballs. Yeah, that's the thing though. With young guys, what's he hitting off off like curveball? Because I, I know there's just got young guys come into the league just can't hit curveballs at all. And I, I look this up because. Also, Joey, uh, his picture on Yahoo was him in a Red Sox house. I was like, okay, how did the Nationals get him? What, what was the trade there? And no, the Nationals signed him as a minor league to a minor league deal back in January. So, I mean, he's what? He's he's 30 years old too. He's not a young guy. He's just coming into the league, 30 year old rookie, and, and just making some noise. So you, you gotta love that. Oh, he was with the Phillies too, of course. The Phillies missed out. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, uh, based off of run value and everything, his he hits the best off curveballs. Really? He's got he's good for his uh, three run value off curveballs. I uh, seen 35 of them and he's batting 500 wow. off curveballs. <laughs> Here here's a fun fact. The only thing him. that really kills him is a cutter. Okay, and not many pictures throw that. So he, he might be okay yeah. then. Here's here's a fun fact from his uh personal life section on Wikipedia. Manessis has stated that he is a big fan of Goku and it was one reason why he joined the Japanese team. So there you go for all the uh, Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Z fans out there. That would be me as I sit here staring at my Dragon Ball Funko Pops in front of me with my half sleeve of Dragon Ball tattoos on my arm. So there I think go. I have a new favorite baseball player moving forward. I'm go just going to go ahead and jot that name down. <laughs> yeah. And you know we've been we've been promoting a lot of guys here recently, but also make sure you check out PromoGuy.us. For all you sports bettors out there, I want to tell you about the best new way to increase your bankroll. It's called PromoGuy.us. At PromoGuy.us, you can get the biggest bonuses from all the best sports books in the country. 
We're talking 1,000 risk-free deposits, insane odds boost, and most importantly, the best analytics in the business, plus tons of free picks as well. Promoguy.us is your guide to betting smart. Once again, that's promoguy.us. And now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest-growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use mine for it. I've had my fantasy football league on there with my buddies for three years running now, and it's my favorite fantasy platform overall. Uh, It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. Over-unders integrated into fantasy, the first sports contest game built into the fantasy experience. Not only can you enter a contest via over-under itself, but you can do so through your fantasy league's matchup screen. Uh, an example, Patrick Mahomes is your starting quarterback, and not only do you think you're going to win your fantasy matchup this week, but you're also confident that Mahomes is going to hit the over on 250 passing yards. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over or Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. Uh, it's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button, and it's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new Over Under game. Have fun with your friends, family, and make some money. And on your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com SGP. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100 with the promo code SGP. Again, go to sleeper.com SGP and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's team or Sleeper's terms to use for details. Those over-under games can be really, really profitable. If you, if you string a, th- a few guys together there, I mean, you can turn... What, yeah, two times to 20 times your money. It's, it was something I definitely took advantage of when I was I was there. And yeah, make sure also you check out Run Your Pool. Uh, Run Your Pool is the home of competition. Bring sports fans and the social circles together to compete, connect, and make every game matter more. Run Your Pool offers every game type under the sun, from Pick'em and Survivor to Fantasy Pools. I, I was just looking here at, at their baseball offerings. They have a Survivor Pool, but they also have this thing called a 13-run pool. It's It's... They, they describe it as baseball bingo, where the goal is to be the first member to punch all the runs in your, in your ticket from zero up to 13. So so you you draft teams. You want them to score zero to 13 runs, I guess, in a game. And just try to – the goal is the first member to have their team score every number from zero to 13 runs. So it's – there's some strategy to it, definitely a lot of luck. But there's – you're going to need teams with some, uh, some high-scoring offenses there to get up to 13. And, you know, they also have the – Classic NFL pools with NFL football starting, Survivor, Confidence, Fantasy Football, Pick'em. Basically, as I said, anything you can think of, definitely check out RunYourPool.com. And we've teamed up with RunYourPool to host a pool for our official SGPN NFL Survivor Contest. You can hop in now to reserve your spot. $500 cash plus a $250 gift certificate to the SGPN store to the winner. And I got to tell you, some of those designs in the store are just hot fire. I want to just load up my cart and just buy all of them. So make sure you sign up today over at play.runyourpool.com slash SGPN. That's play.runyourpool.com slash SGPN. Did you join the, the NFL Survivor Contest? Hell yeah, I'm in it. I haven't made any picks yet, but, you know, I mean, 
if we're giving <laughs> away money, I got to be in there. And everyone else has to be in there too. Especially it's free to join. So, yeah. I mean, it's free money. That's the best kind of money. You can't lose anything except your dignity, which I, I've lost plenty of times on the Hockey Gambling Podcast. So I, I'm good. <laughs> You're a seasoned vet when it comes to that. Yeah. So who, who else you got here? What, what other young guys are you kind of looking up up, up for in, in September here? Or just, you know, guys that maybe aren't young guys, but maybe are worth adding for the stretch run? Uh, one person I've really been paying attention to lately is Riley Green for Detroit. Uh, he got called up a little bit ago, and he's been playing really well, especially lately. It was an 11-game hit streak, I think, including today. He's got a little pop. He hits for okay average, but in a place like Detroit, he's going to he's gonna play every day moving forward. And, I mean, 9.3% barrel rate, which is, again, well above that league average. League average is only 6.7%. A lot of guys not really making solid contact, but he's got a sweet swing. Yeah, Riley Green is a guy that I kind of stashed in my keeper league. Uh, someone else drafted him in the 27th round. They dropped him. I picked him right back up. I, I can keep him in that round. I, I picked him up back in June, You know, when, I think right when he was called up or, or shortly afterwards. And he, he had a decent June, only in uh, 35 at-bats, about a 286. July was a bit down there, 231. But August, you know, 266, 745 OPS. And I, as you mentioned, yeah, 11-game hitting streak. I actually bet on him in a parlay tonight for him to have a hit, so I'm glad he got another one. Yeah, he's he's a guy who is leading off for the Tigers. He doesn't have doesn't have that much speed, but you know he's gonna get on base. He's gonna have some pop, and he's batting 423 over the past seven days. So you can't hate that at all. And he's still only rostered in 41% of Yahoo leagues. And they have Kansas City and the Angels coming up, so it's it's not too too difficult of, of a schedule there for Riley Green. Man, 41%. He's only rostered in 18% of ESPN leagues. Ooh. I think ESPN is well a little bit sharper. I think so, too. And, I mean, he isn't as quite as successful against the fastball. I mean, he hits 275 against, which is pretty good. 60% hard hit rate, which, I mean, now that I look over a little more, that's impressive. But where he really seems to shine is the changeup. Even though he's only hitting 238 off of it, he's got an expected batting average of 278, and he's good for... It's good for five runs, 381 slugging percentage. Yeah. He's got a lot of upside, especially the more major league playing time he gets. And he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't chase the ball very much, only 28.5% chase rate. So he's not swinging and missing at a lot of swing. He's not swinging and missing at a lot of pitches. This is the kind of player that I think he would be probably better off for more of a keeper league, like a mm-hmm. late round keeper. Set him up for an extra dynasty league for sure, but in dynasty, he's probably already owned. But a keeper league for sure. Yeah. All right. Switching over to, to the pitching side of things here. I know there's been a, a bunch of good young pitchers so far this season, but someone I I, I looked at and I, I picked up in my keeper league just try to as a as a stab here was Hunter Brown for the for the Houston Astros that they called him up uh, yesterday. Top prospect in their system. He has a 134-45 strikeout to walk ratio in 106 innings. 2.55 ERA with Space Cowboys, great team name. You know he <laughs> he might he might not get a start. I thought he might with uh, Verlander out, but he may be mostly out of the bullpen. What, what do you think about about Hunter Brown? You think he's worth worth a stab here for guys going into the playoffs? You think it's more just like kind of a, a keeper move? Um, I think we'll have to see what he's gonna do. But even if 
he's in the bullpen. It would depend what kind of league. If you're in like a categories league, he's got excellent strikeout stuff. I mean, this year in AAA, 11.38 K per nine, which is excellent. 2021 AA, he had almost 14 strikeouts per nine. 2.55 ERA this year. He has electric stuff. It's just a matter of is it going to translate over, and is he going to get enough innings to really count this year? Uh, one more, one more, uh, a batter I, I meant to bring up because the the Phillies just played against him and he 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 did pretty well. Cor- Corbin Carroll. Um, I don't I don't know if he's how his baseball savant savant page uh, uh, ranks him out, but I mean we talked about how Arizona is kind of like a you just don't want anyone from there. Christian Walker's been been doing decent. Corbin Carroll started his career four for fourteen, uh, four runs, five RBIs, OPS seven fifteen. Hitting, he he was hitting six. He's now hitting uh, eighth tonight against Milwaukee. What do you think about him? Is he a guy to to look at for this season, or or, or just kind of target in a keeper or for next year? Uh, I think he's definitely worth. <clears throat> excuse me, he's definitely worth a look this season. And if he's available, I think he's worth adding to the squad. He's the kind of guy he's got. He doesn't have crazy pop. Realistically, probably his cap is probably a twenty home run guy. But he hits for solid average, routinely hitting over 300 in the minors, and he's fast as hell. 31 stolen bases this year in, was that, 91 games in the minor leagues. And he came out like gangbusters this year. Double, 8.3% barrel rate, which is excellent. I don't like his launch angle. I mean, it's minus 1.4 degrees. (laughs) He's hitting a lot of ground balls, but slow. Very small small sample sample size. size, Very small. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's hitting it on the sweet spot 50% of the time, Okay. which is very high. I mean, it's one of those numbers that sounds high because it is high. 715 OPS already. He's he's worth the roster spot if, you can, if you've got the room on your team. If you've got somebody that's kind of borderline, whether you should or shouldn't have him, he's definitely more than worthy. All right. I, I have one guy here on the negative side of things. I think I was relatively high on him early in the year, preseason, you know, taken as a guy could maybe be break out a little bit but spencer torkelson for the detroit tigers he's hitting 197 in the majors he was just recalled here for detroit as the rosters expanded he didn't really do too much too much better in triple a it looks like i don't know if his confidence was shattered from his bad major league performance but he batted 229 in triple a this season only five home runs only played 35 games, so so it was a mix of him between the majors and AAA. But he was a guy coming into the year. He hit 30 home runs last year across the minor leagues. I thought he was a guy, you know, him him and Mickey could maybe be a, a good one-two punch there in the middle of the order. But he just never put anything together. So I was interested to see what the what the fancy stats had to say. He's somebody that he got me in two of my leagues this year. I bought into the hype. I also bought into the Jared Kelnick hype. So a couple leagues, both of these guys really killed me. He hasn't shown me anything this year in the majors or minors that makes him worth a roster spot at this point. I think in dynasty leagues, he still is. You got to give him a little more of a chance, but just not this year. Uh, He's the kind of guy that you you hope has a good off season, a good spring training comes out next year. He's probably, he'll probably hit, six or seven in the order coming out next year, depending on who Detroit ends up in their lineup. He's the kind of player you, you, you wait till next year on him. Yeah. Kalanick is a guy that just, 
absolutely Luke crushed me out. I believed in him last year, and I think I either drafted him or, or picked him up a little bit and dropped him and picked him up again. And then this season, looking back on it, I picked him up on uh, April 15th. I kept him for a few weeks till May 1st. You know, he just hasn't really, really done much. And that was in my redraft league. Like, I thought that much, okay, maybe he'll break out with this new Mariners lineup. But it's just, I, I don't know what's going on with him. You probably have more into it than I do. He, yeah, he's he's a guy he who I, I, I thought would, who, what trade was that in? Did he come from the Mets? Is that the Diaz trade? Yeah, uh, we sent over, it was the Edwin Diaz trade. Edwin Diaz, Robinson Cano, we got Kelnick and a few others. Kelnick was the main piece. Yeah, he's somebody that Mariners fans are very excited about, including myself and everybody out here has turned on him very quickly. Not me. I still think there's hope. But I think it's with a different team besides Seattle. He's not going to get called up this year. He's in the minors for the rest of the year. He's not happy either. He deleted all of his Mariners related stuff off of Instagram the other day. Since he's not getting that September call up, they went with Taylor Trammell instead but yeah, I think he's got all the talent in the world. He's just very mentally unfocused, and he's trying to rush himself, and it is really causing him some problems at the major league level. Yeah, it looks like his AAA numbers this season aren't aren't that bad. He's batting 284, OPS 892. He has 14 home runs in 72 games. So it looks like he he has the talent, but you know, like you said, just. He has to put it together. He has to realize, you know, the major leagues are, you can't be the best player. He's been the best player on all his teams growing up, as have every, every major league player. But, you know, you have to work on your game, and and hopefully he can. I think he's still still young enough, so hopefully this uh, AAA can help him next season if it's not just via a trade for him. Yeah. Uh, who else? Did you have anybody else that you drafted this year that really – they kind of killed you. You had high hopes for that just really didn't pan out. Oh, yeah. Let, let me look back at my uh, my, my draft. Uh, it was because I was looking back at it a few weeks ago, and I was like, my my just middle picks just completely just screwed me. Um, um, my like late teens rounds, no one that really screwed me that bad. I guess my my one thing was I had the third overall pick. I was between Soto and J Ram and. And all the other guys, I took Soto, and I'm happy enough with it. But like, obviously, J Ram was still probably the pick to take there. I was worried about, you know, Cleveland's lineup. Uh, looking yeah. down there, Brandon Lau for Tampa Bay. I had him in my redraft league and my keeper league, and I think possibly the SGPN league too. But I finally cut bait. He's been, he's just had a, a bad season. And then outside of that, um. I remember another another Tiger who who I liked very deep in drafts was Akil Badu, who had a, a good I think he had a good start to, to last season. Oh, here's I, and Miguel Sano is is a guy that I, I thought would have a a good year. He just he's been hitting for power maybe, but, but nothing great. I mean, so for, for my redraft league, I feel like I've I've hit on most of my picks. It helped I had Jordan Alvarez second round, Austin Riley fourth round, Arenado sixth round. So those Ooh, those guys. Sixth. Yeah, those guys have carried me here in, in a 12-team league. So, yeah, who have you kind of hit on and, and who kind of cost you a bit? The biggest one that cost me, he both helped me and hurt me this season. So I don't know how to feel about him, but Rafael Devers, mm. his first half of the season, he was so good. He was a set-it-and-forget-it player in my lineup, scoring me tons of points, got all kinds of power. I mean, he hit 324 in the first half, which is 
awesome. Like to have a a big power guy that can also hit for a really high average. Yeah. I was I was living the life, and then the second half happened, and in 28 games in the second half, he's hit 179 with three home runs. He just forgot how to play baseball, and I think yeah. I saw a stat the other day. Uh, if the season ended today, he would be like the, I think it was the first player ever to be in the top five for WRC Plus for the first half of the season, and then the bottom five for WRC Plus in the second half of the season. Because that's, of him, I traded crazy. I had Alex Bregman I traded away. I Ooh. was like, you know what? I got Devers. I don't need anybody else. And thanks, Boston. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I'm glad I'm glad you told me those stats, actually, because Devers was one of the guys I was trying to get in my keeper league because third base is the one position where I had Suarez and I dropped him for some reason, and he's been great. So now my third baseman, I had, I had Chris Bryant, who's screwed me, too. I, uh, he's on my list as well in my keeper league i thought you know what in colorado he'll, he'll, he'll be decent and he just got hurt and just nothing so my third baseman right now is uh john birdie and there's not many other guys out there so dropping suarez definitely hurt me and endeavors i guess good thing i, I didn't trade for him because he's hitting like shit in the second half yeah he like, i want to be nice because i'm sure he's a nice guy but man he fucking sucked the second half and it absolutely i don't want to say it destroyed my team but there's a huge difference from going from a player that's scoring like four points per game, which is elite level in a points league, scoring four points per game to all of a sudden, if he scores four points for the week, you're like, oh, thank God. Yeah. It's just players like that just killed. I mean, I was I was first place in the league. Most runs scored, all that good stuff. And then Devers fell off and so did my team. So I'm kind of limping right now. Thanks, Devers. <laughs> and another guy that really killed me, Luis Robert. Ooh. I want him to be good so bad. And I covered him before the year. I thought he was going to be an MVP candidate. I am sorely mistaken on that one. And the hard part is, like, when he does play, he's good. I mean, he's hitting yeah. 300 this year. 12 home runs, 11 stolen bases in 90 games. I mean, it could be a little better, but that's a, I mean, that's pretty good. But the problem is when you've missed, like, 40 games – it's hard to be a really, really good, consistent fantasy player when you just miss that much time. Yeah, I mean, that that whole White Sox team, him and Elo Jimenez and Tim Anderson, they all got hurt, and Jose Abreu, I mean, he's having an okay year. But, yeah, that White Sox team as a whole has just been completely – they they should be running away with that division. Instead, it's just them and Cleveland and Minnesota battling it out to be the – the third seed that's going to probably get beat by whatever wildcard team plays them in the, in the first round. Yeah. And that's a major drop off. That was supposed to be such a good team. That was one of those fun young teams with just everybody can hit. They got Giolito pitching who also sucked this year. It, it's just that whole organization this year just kind of crumbled. Yeah, don't Dylan see so I have a ticket on him to win the uh, Cy Young. So I'm hoping he can have a few good starts while Verlander is out to to hopefully help his odds. He's got a chance, Verlander, the ageless wonder. Yeah. Yeah, I think in my last article I called him the Tom Brady of baseball. Just gets older and somehow also gets better. Is is married or whatever to a model as well? Yeah. Just yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at that point, they're the same person. I've never mm -hmm. seen him in the same room, so, I mean, it could be think, the same person. I don't think uh, Verlander got plastic surgery recently, though, so he's he's in the clear for now. True. 
can't believe Tom Brady thought he was just going to do that and nobody's going to notice. <laughs> He'll just come back and then his face will just look completely different. Oh, sorry, I, I just had some shit going on, you know? Oh. Yeah, a little family vacation, no big deal. Anyway, somehow Verlander 39 and he's 16 and 3 with a 184 ERA. That, that's incredible. His, and his XFIP is only 332, which is super low. K's are down a little bit, but he only walks one and a half batters a game. That that's not supposed to happen. No. And he's still throwing like a hundred damn near. He he's a free agent, right? Or has like some sort of option. So yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with him next year. Yeah, uh looks like he's got a player option once he hits hundred did he hit hundred and thirty innings? Oh yeah, he's oh, got a player yeah, option for yeah. next year. So Yeah, he's he's yeah. not going anywhere, which sucks for my Mariners because he's like the biggest thorn in our side. We do well against Houston, but we don't do well against Verlander. And I'm saying we like I play on the team because I have struggled with the team for so damn long that I feel like I play with them. So yeah, you, you, you're so invested. You're, you're just, you're, you're a part of the team. It, it counts. And we need Verlander gone. So Houston trade him or something. Just make that happen for me, please. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're running fairly long here. This is much longer than I thought we'd get, but I feel like we can we can kind of close this out this out here in a little bit, but I I want to ask you what's one of your more unconventional just fantasy baseball strategies, whether it's draft strategy, in season, hopefully a playoff strategy. I don't have that. I'm gonna give up. But what is your like unconventional or unpopular strategy that you've either used and it worked or using it different? For me, I'll start. I for most of last season, I just want no catcher. There were a few good catchers out there. Besides that, you're probably going to hurt your average. And you can use that roster spot for either a util guy or another relief pitcher to pick up uh, categories or even a, a fringe closer or just use that as a stream spot. So that was something I did. I've used a catcher most mostly this season. I feel like it's it's just whatever you prefer. But what do you think about either that strategy or something else? I, I like that strategy in years past because there really wasn't. I mean, you had Salvi, and then you, that was kind of it. I mean, if you wanted home runs, you could pick up Zanino, but he's going to hit 205. But this year, this year we got some better catchers. Yeah, there, Jonah Heim, I mean, Sean Murphy's been hitting some runs. But, Sean Murphy's been killing it. Cal Raleigh. Yeah, he's been good. Home runs. Yeah, he's... Uh, Darno's been hot recently. Uh, MJ Melendez for Kansas City with Salvador Perez there too, playing some outfield. Like he's been good. So yeah, there, I got there, him there, on my there, sleep, actually. Yeah, there, there, there have been some options you, you can ride a little bit, but still overall, like looking at Fantasy Pros catcher rankings, uh, Salvador Perez is the sixth best catcher at 148 overall. Then there's Rutschman at 201. Then it drops down to Darno's, the eighth best catcher at 238 overall. So, like, if you don't have a top 10 catcher, it's probably worth punting, I feel like, that position. But you could also just try to ride hot streaks. Yeah, especially there's so many so many guys this year that they're kind of – you play catcher, but you're only really a part-time catcher. You also mm-hmm. DH and play first. So there's a lot more guys that are getting that catcher eligibility, so it makes it a little easier to stream. Uh, my unconventional draft – or unconventional strategy has kind of been, I don't know if you'd call it unconventional. I don't have bench pitchers. I load up on bench hitters. What? Yeah. No, no, we, we should have yeah. started the top of the podcast with this. <laughs> what? Surprise. Yeah, I, I load up on bench hitters and I run the gambit with that. And I have my two streaming spots for pitchers. 
and then I just kind of set it and forget it with the others. But I mean, that only works if you draft. You have to draft really well or get really well early on in, in waivers for pitchers. But I mean, I've got as of right now, I've got Degrom, Aaron Nola, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, Kyle Wright. So like, I I have guys that I can just set. It's set and forget in my pitcher thing. I don't care who they play against. They're going to get me the points. And then I just run out those hitters. How many bench spots are in your league? Uh, we got four. Uh, four. Because okay. there's five in my league. I, th- I think four is probably more standard. I would at least go for a 2-2 split. Right now in, in my in my biggest league, I have three bench batters. And I absolutely hate it. And looking at my roster, <laughs> I have Gavin Sheets who I'm going to drop. So I'll drop him for a pitcher. But like, why not use those bench batter spots to at least pick up like a good setup man who's going to get you a few points a few times a week instead of having those kind of dead spots on your bench? I just I have a hard time getting excited about closers when it comes to like points leagues. If it's like a categories league, I'd probably play it a little differently in that league. But I, I can't get excited about closers in my points league. They pitched like twice a week, maybe. They'll score you nine points, get you a strike out. And so my whole thing is I'd rather run out. Like I got Willie Adamas and Tyler O'Neill on my bench. I'd rather run them out as often as I can off my bench and try and get one home run is that nine points right there. I mean, I guess that's fair if you have enough guys that play like on the off days you can fill them in but i mean like a lot of teams have very similar off days so i mean also just use one of those bench bench spots for a starting pitcher that you can maybe play matchups with rather than trying to so you have four bench batters yes four bench batters and then every day you look at the matchup and okay this is the best matchup you play them yep it kind of helps my I am weirdly addicted to baseball savant and fan graphs and digging into matchups and splits and all that. So when I got a full line, like a full day's worth of games, I love just digging in on, okay, who's, who's hitting the best off this pitcher? Who should I, it might be a big name, but maybe shy away from Rafael Devers and like that sort of thing. And it's just, it keeps my brain active, lets me have fun. And I, it, it makes it more fun for me. The more research I do, the funner it gets, as weird as that sounds to say out loud. No, I mean, th- that makes sense. But I just feel like baseball is such a, a luck-based sport where, yeah, you can research to find the best matchups. But if that starting pitcher gets pulled early, if if something happens, you know, it's if your batter kills the ball but it's caught at the wall, it's different than a guy thinking in a, a single or a double for an RBI. I just feel like there's so much more value in those roster spots you can use rather than having those options for the bench. And th- that's always been my strategy. Like, after the draft, I go through every team, like, okay, he has too many bench batters. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> what an idiot. Let's talk shit about me. I, yeah, I get exactly. it. I get it. <laughs> now, I know, now I know your strategy for next year's uh, SGPN league, at the very least, if I'm drafting near you. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I shouldn't have told you that. <laughs> But, I mean, it's fun. It, it's going to hurt me come playoff time maybe because I got George Kirby and they're going to Do, do you change that strategy for the bit. playoffs? Are you going to pick up pitchers for your batters? Man, I I want to say no just because I've been 
I've been doing so well with this, but just looking at my team, one of my set it and forget it pitchers is Jose Barrios, who Ooh. just forgot how to pitch he, uh, he, for the he, most part lately. It. Yeah, and uh, Kirby's getting his innings. I think they put a hard cap on his on his innings now, so I may end up dropping one of the guys, but I'm not going to be happy about it when I do it. Yeah, I mean, I I guess if that's the way you feel, you'd rather have the the offensive options there. It, it, it makes sense. It's just, it doesn't make sense for me. That, that, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody's cup of tea, but yeah. I mean, it's been effective. I'm in second place. I'm 11 and, was that 11 and eight? Second place. So it's, I'm excited to, let's call it an experiment. I'm excited to see how this experiment plays out come playoff time. That's the great thing about fantasy baseball. You know, Joey Votto had had that big, big speech when he was on the broadcast, I think Thursday night, saying how baseball is is so great because of the uniqueness of the ballparks. And like you got you can come early, you can come late, you can leave early, you can be into the game, you can kind of just casually watch it, catch up with friends, you know, you can still enjoy it. And that that also applies to fantasy baseball. You can have your own strategy. Someone else can have the complete opposite strategy. You can both have fun. You can both be, be successful. It's just kind of finding out what works for you in that. I think that that's adds more strategy and more fun to it than like fantasy football is like, okay, let's get the top running back. Let's make sure we get these PPR wide receivers and just run out the same players every week. And fantasy football is great, but like fantasy baseball is just like you dig into it more there's more nitty gritty decisions and there's more ways to go about it. So I think it's definitely, definitely more creativity there with, with fantasy baseball. I agree. And I think, I think that's going to be it for this week. What a uh, first episode. Yeah. This has been a fantastic first episode. Yeah. It's been a great time. I'm excited if, to keep this going, man. Yeah. If, if you out there have also enjoyed listening this long to us, uh, just kind of sitting here talking about baseball, make sure you, Subscribe to the Fantasy Baseball Podcast on wherever you listen to your podcast, on Apple, Spotify, wherever that may be. Uh, also subscribe to the Sports Gambling Podcast feed as well as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network feed. And we also do have a Twitter account. It's uh, at SGPN Fan Baseball. It's at SGPN set up. Fan Baseball. It's set up. It has two followers. It's me and you. And you can also... <laughs> Just reach out to us in the Discord, sg.pn slash Discord, or follow either of us on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at rgilbertsop. I'm Ryan Gilbert. And you can find, you can find me uh, at balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. All right. That, that, that should do it there. All righty. <laughs>